Tarek Kitson is a healthcare administrator at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center and the president and co-founder of Active Plus. Tarek has been working in the healthcare arena since 2014. He was a four-year collegiate basketball star while also receiving educational accolades and community activism awards. In 2013, Tarek co-founded Active Plus after learning about the lack of resources available while volunteering at a school in East Harlem. Tarek is here to share with us how his intense dedication to end the obesity epidemic fueled his drive to fight for his community and all the powerful work he is doing now with his Active Plus programs. Let's take a listen. Okay, so I have with me here today Tarek from Active Plus. How are you today? Hey, Christy. Uh, you know, thank you so much. Um, everything's good here in New York City. It's, it's a beautiful day outside. I woke up about six o'clock, went to the gym, got a good workout. Um, you know, took a nice shower. You know, to get ready for this uh, for this chat with you. So I'm happy to be here. Nice. That sounds like a great start to the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm really happy to have you here, as I said. And uh, let's jump into what Active Plus is. So, and a little bit about yourself. So, you are a healthcare administrator at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center and the president and co founder of Active Plus. Let's start by talking about how Active Plus came to be and what inspired the creation of this organization and what's your overall mission. Yeah. So, thank you so much. So, you know, first I'll start with our mission. Uh, the mission of Active Plus is to provide health, health and physical education for youth in New York City. And it's funny because I didn't really seek out to work with students or to work with kids. Um, you know, I, I've been working at Memorial Sloan Kettering as a healthcare administrator uh, since I graduated from undergrad. Um, I went and got my master's in public health from Columbia University. And so after I graduated and got my degree while still working at the cancer center, I was more trying to find myself and find like, you know, what it is that I want, what the next step was going to be. And so me and my colleague at the cancer center, we decided that we wanted to do something with like health and wellness. But at first we were working with adults. So we would go into Central Park and we would do like basically training. Um, but it was just, it wasn't fulfilling for us. Um, you know, the park was always saturated with tons of trainers, uh, working with adults. And so within doing like that for like six months, a friend of mine who was a school teacher in East Harlem used to always ask us to come to their school. Um, she would always say that, you know, that her kids didn't have any sport team. They didn't have phys ed. And I just I didn't believe that that could be the case where kids didn't have phys ed or sport teams. Um, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, so even in North Carolina, the poorest school would have like a gym facility, they would have a football field, they would have a weight room, they would have five or six PE teachers, all the sports. So, you know, it took a while, but, you know, after enough nagging by my friend, me and, me and Miguel, who's also the co-founder, we went and volunteered at the school on Saturday mornings. Uh, and surprisingly, we would have about 20 kids to show up on a Saturday morning at like nine in the morning. Um, and so that's kind of where it started from. And as we got more involved with working with those students, we saw that it was just a need within the community that a lot of these resources have been pulled from a lot of the public schools within the community that I was living in. And so we got featured on New York One News, which is a local TV station in New York. And from there, 
it just spiraled into working with a lot of different other schools, a lot of other community-based organizations. I got more involved and more knowledgeable in regards to like, what is actually going on within the community and with the youth? Because as an adult, sometimes if you don't have kids, you get kind of far removed from what's going on with young people. Um, but kind of being immersed into, you know, this world, it was, you know, it was very surprising to me with all the resources that students that looked like me when I was younger just didn't have. Um, so that's how we started Active Plus, And that was back in 2014. Wow. I love that you touched on the aspect of working with the adults wasn't fulfilling, didn't feel fulfilling. Um, we talk a lot about passion on this uh, podcast and kind of just what's led people to do what they do. And I think that that's such an important thing to notice within yourself uh, is what is what I'm doing fulfilling or not. And I think it's really cool to hear how you followed that, you know, that kind of inner nudge to do something more youth-based. And so roughly 40% of public school children ages 14 or younger in New York City are overweight or obese, and approximately 20% of New York City youth aged 5 through 17 are estimated to have a mental health disorder, with minority and low-income children disproportionately affected in both categories. What can these early life issues lead to in terms of harmful long-term effects if they're not adequately addressed? And how is Active Plus working to combat these issues? Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I work at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. I work at a breast cancer site. And so I work patient care. Uh, so I, I see the other end of, you know, and, and not saying that everyone, of course, that we see didn't grow up with certain resources or, or aren't active, right? Um, but just working in healthcare and seeing the other side of things and, um, you know, forming these relationships with, I mean, at this point, thousands of different of patients and their families, um, you can see what can happen um, if you don't practice these healthy lifestyles starting at a young age. So, you know, cancer, diabetes, asthma, heart disease, you know, being morbidly obese, like these are some of the things that are very prevalent within this community that we work in. It's, you know, the South Bronx, East Harlem. Um, you know, we're very, we're rated very low within this city um, in regards to these diseases and you know sicknesses. So, you know, we believe that giving these kids these resources at a young age is vitally important. You know, when I grew up, we were having health class in middle school. There's no health curriculum in New York City public schools, you know, like normally you would have that in phys ed. So, you know, how should these kids really, you know, if, if they don't get that support and education from home, where are they going to get it at? And, and I would say, like, especially in New York, you know, I even saw it today at a young age, you're by yourself. You know, when you go off to school, you're, you're going outside into the street, you're getting on the MTA bus or the train. Um, they have more access to certain foods. You know, me growing up in a place like North Carolina, I can only eat what my parents had in the house. You know, I couldn't just walk outside because if I walked outside for food, I would probably get junk food. You know, I would get like a Philly cheese in the morning or a pizza for breakfast or a lot of chips. And so I think that's one of the things that we've seen with a lot of our students is like, they just have more access here in the city to a lot of different things. You know, a lot of sugar water, sodas, chips. Um, that's regular here in New York. So um, being able to provide these kids with certain resources, 
but also being fair. You know, we're not going into schools in East Harlem um, telling them that they should be going to Whole Foods and, you know, eat organic. Like we're a bit very, uh, you know, practical in regards to like the education that we're giving to these students. A lot of times we bring the students to a corner store, you know, in their neighborhood and giving them or showing them the healthy options that they can make within their community. We're not telling them to travel um, miles away to get organic, you know, fruits and stuff like that, because it's just not realistic with our students. So, uh, you know, getting getting these resources at a young age is is, is vitally important, you know, for, for, their, for their growth. Um, and, and, and we get that from even talking to adults, you know, talking to their parents and, and kind of seeing like, how did they get there? You know, um, having to potentially like quit their job because of sicknesses and things of that nature or having to go, you know, back and forth to the hospital uh, because maybe some of the resources they just didn't have when they were younger and, and now trying to learn as an older adult. So we believe it's just easier to to, to get these resources to the kids as, as young as possible. And I think it's such an interesting point that you make there about the fact that you're kind of ba- trying to balance out the fact that they are exposed to so many more junk foods and things like that, but then also that we they don't have the education of what would be a better choice, um, even if it's just something from the same exact store they're buying that junk food from. Like what what could you look at that could be a, a better choice? I think it's incredible that you're giving them that knowledge at such a young age. And so the COVID-19 pandemic has caused tremendous suffering for families across the globe. And you say there are fewer communities that have been hurt worse than the low-income areas of New York City. Can you tell us more about the staggering socioeconomic and health inequalities faced by communities of color like these in Harlem and surrounding neighborhoods? And what is most needed to help support these communities right now? Yeah, so I mean, I I think as the whole world knows, New York City was hit very hard in 2020 with the pandemic, you know, with, with COVID. Uh, you know, we were locked inside our homes um, for for months, not knowing what was going on. And, and a lot of our students, they lost loved ones. They lost their parents. They lost some, you know, their siblings. They've lost teachers. They've lost people within the community to hold them accountable for a lot of things. Um, you know, they, they miss just being a youth. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the, especially the students that we work with, their home conditions aren't good. You know, the, our kids are living in a, a one bedroom apartment with, you know, their mom, their aunt, their grandma and three or four brothers and sisters. So that's very difficult on anybody. Yet a kid um, that, that, that's that's difficult for them to engage in their schoolwork. Um, you know, they can't go outside. They can't play. Uh, it, it was very difficult here in New York City um, during, during that pandemic. And, you know, the, the transitioning out of those stay at home orders have been very difficult for the Department of Education in New York. All time lows in regards to like school attendance. Um, you know, we, we've been having, you know, we've been we've been having a very tough time. Um, so we, you know, our youth have, they, they suffered a lot of setbacks. Um, a lot of these youth organizations, they've lost funding or they've had to close down. So like, you know, th- th- those community centers that was always there for, for some of our students are, are no longer open. Um, you know, they just didn't have anywhere to go for two years. Um, gun violence has been up and that's been a huge concern within our neighborhood. So it's just a lot that our kids have to deal with from a day to day, you know, just walking to and from school can be, can be very difficult. 
Um, but, you know, before the pandemic, you know, the students were engaged with certain programs and they were kind of on that right path and not having to hang out with maybe like other community members that are not doing so good. But being locked inside and being, you know, limited with your resources for two years, I mean, especially for a young person, you know, that's it's, it's very detrimental and it's, and it's worse than what I know. This is just off of me having conversations with school teachers, having conversations with some of our students. And so um, I, I think the biggest thing is just kind of not ignoring, you know, what's going on within the community and, and acknowledging that, uh, you know, our, our students need help and they need attention and they need consistency. They need positive influences. They need role models. So just not ignoring it and just thinking about you and your family, but also, you know, understanding that people um, are, are, are suffering and they're still suffering more so now than ever before. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of resources needed uh, here in Harlem uh, for, for our students. Um, we, we need more support. You know, the schools are struggling, as you know, a lot of people have resigned. A lot of people are leaving. Um, there's a high turnover with teachers, teacher aides, you know, even at the schools that we work with, uh, they just have a limited capacity uh, with, with teachers and, and, and guidance for these students. So, you know, we still have a, a long road for recovery, but I'm just happy that I'm in a position to give as many resources as possible to these students and to help. Uh, so I'm, I'm so happy to have a community organization at this time because this is when they need us the most. I mean, how yeah. they look at us as like emergency responders. So. For sure. I was just going to say that, that uh, your work is probably needed now more than ever. And it's uh, fantastic that you exist uh, and that you're, you're so passionate about the work that you're doing. You believe that by exposing children and teens to new activities and mindsets at a young age, you can change the course of the rest of their lives. What would you say is the most important aspect of helping children cultivate a healthy mindset, especially for these children who have already faced such extreme levels of adversity? Yeah, I think one thing that I've realized, you know, in the past like seven years working with students is just being involved in their life and just caring and being consistent. You know, that's that's one thing that like a lot of the principals that we work with and teachers, you know, they, they want us to be consistent. You know, they don't want us having different instructors every other week um, because, you know, these kids get attached to you, especially, you know, when you're when you actually really care and you're showing compassion towards a student. So I, I don't think it's much. It's just being involved in their life, listening, um, consistency, uh, having positive role models. You know, a lot of times they don't, they don't see these type of role models at home, you know, in, in their neighborhood, especially in a place like New York city, East Harlem, South Bronx, like we're working in, you know, we're, you know, very rough neighborhoods, very poor neighborhoods, so, you know, anything positive that they're going to see, a lot of times is going to come at school. So being that consistent person, someone that they can talk to, I think is, is that in itself is a lot. I think adults take it for granted. Um, I took it for granted until, you know, being involved with the students more. And so I think one big thing that we always preach at Active Plus is consistency, consistency and like sustainability. Uh, you know, keeping keeping these programs sustainable, teaching these students, you know, you know, the education in our, in our curriculum, but in, in, a, in a manner where they can also teach their brother, their sister, their counterparts. Um, so 
I think that's the biggest thing is just being involved in their life. Yeah, it's powerfully important. And I can see that having heard everything that you've just told us so far, how important just being a consistent presence in these kids' lives really is. And I, and I, and I think one more thing, I'm sorry. Sure. Um, you know, one of our focuses are working with students who are kind of forgotten about, you know, I think in New York City, you have like a lot of clicky organizations, sometimes community organizations, especially when it comes to like fitness and sports. So a lot of times you have like nonprofits who are like, like a sports organization. So they're more so looking for that top athlete of those schools or, or the community. And then they just have this team and it's clicky and it's kind of closed off. But what about the kid who doesn't want to be an athlete? Like they deserve to know what it means to be active, right? Like it just doesn't mean, oh, to be active, you need to be a, a good athlete. No, it doesn't. Like every human needs to understand the importance of living a healthy lifestyle and understanding like the foundation of exercise, knowing how to run, knowing how to do a push-up, a sit-up, how to warm your body up, but also the importance behind that. So a lot of programs that we offer, all of our programs is very, um, you know, we try to make them very inviting to the students who may not be the top athlete of the class. Um, because we, we, we have found, you know, especially when you do sports and things of that nature, kids who may not be as good, they'll be embarrassed to come out to perform when there may be other kids who are kind of further on. So we try to do activities that are very inclusive for, for kids, um, you know, for, for, for young ladies. So I love I, that. I, think, I, think I love that's important. Yeah. I love that. It's, you know, that you have such an intentionality behind what you're doing to, to make sure that everybody feels included and that your, your whole mission, if it is to give these kids this knowledge at a young age, um, so that they can spring that forward into, you know, their adult years and hopefully not carry with them the, the levels and rates of disease that we see, um, that it should be for everybody. And you're absolutely right. It shouldn't be just for the kids that want to be active. Right. Um, so active plus offers a range of different programs focused on fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and life and leadership. Can you tell us more about the programs and what they entail, um, and what is the importance of hitting on all these areas for the children and teens overall health? Yeah. So the, you know, during the pandemic, it was, it was a rough patch for everyone. You know, we were fortunate enough to have relationships with schools. And so we were able to provide services virtually, you know, we were very fortunate for that. Um, but now trying to really, you know, with things opening back up, our facilities opening back up, we're really getting back into like our actual in-person program. So We've actually, we are, we're currently doing a lot. Um, on the fitness end, we're doing structured recess at some public schools, uh, which is seeming to be a little bit more popular in New York City because like in New York, you're not going out to like a soccer field, you know, you're going outside in like street, you know, concrete. <laughs> so you gotta have to be, it's, it's important to be organized because some kids don't know how to play in that type of, um, in, in that type of setting. And, and, and like I said, you know, with the neighborhoods that we're working in, you know, gun violence is, is a thing. Um, and so you have to be very careful. So we're that structure resets is something new, but, you know, we're enjoying that a lot. We believe we're having a good impact on the school. Uh, we're doing physical education during the school hour. So for some schools, like, yes, phys ed is mandated by the Department of Education. Yes, schools do have phys ed teachers. Most schools only have one phys ed teacher for an entire school. Um, but it's 
the volume is too high sometimes. Um, you know, 50 kids in a class, small gym, sometimes it's a cafeteria, sometimes it's like a classroom to do phys ed. Um, that's, that's a lot on a teacher all day long, you know, as a phys ed teacher, 50 kids. And as you know, phys ed, a lot of time kids take that as a free period when they chat, you know. So, you know, we've been brought on to a couple of schools to to assist the phys ed teacher and to do creative type of games um, to, to engage the students to the best to, to the best that we can. Um, we, we do after school um, program, after school fitness programs for some public schools. Um, I mean, we also do quarterly hikes with the New York City Parks Department, um, which, which has been great. It's been it's been great for families. Um, it's also a way to show students like. They do live in New York City and it's a lot to offer. Um, and these parks are here for you. And so that's been beautiful to bring these kids out and families to show them like what's in their neighborhood and activities that they can do that are fun and it's, it's, it's healthy to do. Um, we also teamed up with City Bike, uh, which is like the bike sharing, bike sharing organization in New York City. And so we do quarterly bike rides on a bike path in New York. And so you know, for kids who aren't as comfortable the first hour, we give them like a little tutorial class or for, for some people who are just not as comfortable, we, we, we help them out the first hour. And then the, the next two hours, we do a bike ride in New York City, which is dope. You know, we show them like different, different um, landmarks within the city. And, you know, we, we do it in these kids' neighborhoods so they can see, you know, yes, you can just go outside. You don't have to just play video games. Like you can go to the park, you know, you can walk with your friends, you can go and uh, sit under, you know, red, the red little white house, uh, sorry, the little red house, red lighthouse uh, in Inwood, right under the George Washington Bridge. And, you know, these things are free. I mean, I think that's the one beautiful thing about New York City. Even if you don't have money, you can literally just go outside and walk around and, and look at this beautiful city. Uh, so we, we do that. Right now we're preparing for our sports summer camp uh, in Manhattan. And we're also collaborating uh, with uh, it's a fencing organization in Brooklyn. It was actually founded by an Olympian from Brooklyn. And so we're going to be doing some strength and conditioning in, in Brooklyn. So, you know, this, this year, I mean, just on the fitness end has been a lot, uh, but it's, it's needed. You know, these kids have been sitting down for two years. In uh, regards to nutrition, uh, we have this program called Family Flavors. And so that's where we're inviting kids and their parents to come and, and, and doing a cooking class, which is probably my favorite class. It's a lot that goes into it, uh, you know, with, with, with finding a place where you can even teach cooking. You know, you have to find a kitchen and have to have room. It, it's a lot that goes into it, but it's something that was very successful uh, this, this past in the first quarter. And we also have our mindfulness program. It's called Pause and Breathe. It's a, it's a virtual mindfulness program. It's something that is becoming a lot more popular now. A lot of schools are, you know, looking more into like mental health. And so the, the pause and previous eight week program, uh, we do it two hours a week with our mindfulness instructor. And we're also doing this program called Heal the Violence. Um, it's, it's a program that was put together through the mayor's office. And so we were, we, we worked with the New York City Housing Authority, which is the housing projects. We worked with King Towers in, in Central Harlem, and it was uh, it's, it's a program to curb gun violence um, in those in, the, in those communities. And so we provided them with uh, yoga, mindfulness, 
in conflict resolution. And uh, right now for our leadership program, we are taking on two high school, two high school juniors who are going through a eight week program, um, just learning things about leadership. And we're also integrating them into our programming with the kids. So, you know, one of the biggest things that we like to do, like kids who go through the Active Plus program, we hire them during the summer to, uh, you know, to teach their counterparts, you know, which is which is which is what I love. You know, now that we've been doing it for a while, we're able to integrate that. I think one of my, you know, I think one of the best moments of Active Plus was doing a sports camp in East Harlem in the projects and. And, and bringing on one of our kids that we had worked with since he was in seventh grade. And he was able to go back into the community that he was from and to, and to give them the education that he learned from us, because we know like, you know, students learn better from students. They're going to listen to them more. They're going to respect them more, especially for people who come from the same neighborhood. So, you know, we, we're doing a lot, you know, we don't have our own facility. So a lot of times we're limited with space, but we make, you know, we make the most out of it. That's incredible. I, I just, I'm kind of like overwhelmed at how much you actually do. It's, it's incredible that you're offering so many different programs and that you're touching on so many different uh, specific needs within the community. Um, but that you're also exposing these kids to, to, you know, activities and places and spaces that are all around them that they may not even realize were available to them. Um, all of which are helping to contribute to their overall health and well being. So after you've done these programs like the, um, structured recess program and, you know, go, going, pushing into the schools to be part of like their um, phys ed. How would you say you've seen the kids involved in those school programs grow or change since being involved with Active Plus? I mean, maybe you can even speak to the um, the young guy you were just talking about who came back mm-hmm. to his own neighborhood. Like what, what do you think he's been able to really take forward from these programs, um, you know, as he goes on in his life? Yeah, like like I said, just being a positive influence to these kids and and showing them something different from their day to day, you know, giving them exposure, showing them a variety of things. You know, a lot of times a kid's not going to know what they want to do when they get older until they see it. You know, me growing up, I just want to be a basketball player, Um, you know, that's what I used to like. That's what I used to see. I used to watch TV. Um, But I think these kids just need they need variety. They need to be shown different things. That's why we try to bring them as many resources as possible. You know, they do have a leg up on a lot of people in the world, you know, no matter how much money their parents have, they still live in New York city and you still have access to a lot and you can get to these things by foot. You know, you, you tell someone in the Midwest or in the South, they're, they, they can only be within their communities. There's no way for them to move around. They don't see those other things. You know, you can take a kid down to Times Square. You can take them to a beautiful park in Central Park. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's that's been our biggest thing is just exposure and, and, and showing these kids that, you know, there's more to life than what they see every day. And so, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of resources here that we just at the Plus tries to find and, and to offer to the students. Um, I think giving them the foundation of activity is important. I think the one thing that we've learned when we do our evaluations is that these kids, a lot of times, you know, these schools have struggled because they don't understand why they should be doing certain things. They don't understand why, why are we doing jumping jacks? Why, why are we running a mile? You know? So I think giving them the foundation of why these things are important, I think is vitally important. And, and we've, we've seen success with that. 
um, and giving and giving them confidence. I think one thing that was very eye opening for us is that we actually got a lot more engagement during the pandemic when kids were at home because they weren't embarrassed to work out because they were at home compared to being in a group of 50 kids and maybe not doing it right. Um, you know, I think the mentality of young people are very different than, you know, when adults were younger, just because of like with the phones and like the bullying, like it's, it's extreme. I think it's worse than what most adults know. So a lot of kids don't want to embarrass themselves. They're very, you know, they, they watch their body movements is, is pretty deep. It's sad. And so, so yeah, um, you know, giving the kids the confidence that they can do it, but also working with them and having patience for students, I think is important because when you, when you give them confidence, when you, when you give them patience, you know, they'll, they'll perform because they want to do these things. They really do. Um, you, you might get some pushback, but it's about that consistency and really getting to know them. And um, I would imagine, like I said, you know, uh, the schools are limited because of these high volume, you know, it's, it's one is the ratio is like one to 50 is like, what can you do? So when we come in, you know, we have our instructors, we have our volunteers, right? The ratio comes down a little bit more. We get to know the kids more. We try to get instill that confidence in the students. Yeah. And I would imagine that, uh, as you mentioned earlier about coming in and being like compassionate and really showing that you care, I would imagine that information is received differently when somebody shows up in that way, as opposed to if they feel like it's just, this is a task I'm told I have to do. It's just like a part of the required curriculum, you know, and I I would imagine that they're more receptive to it because you come in so passionate and like lit up about what you're doing uh, that that that's got to go a long way. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about community. It's clear that building a community support system around health and fitness is a significant goal that you're focusing on. Uh, how important was community to you in your youth and how important is it to you now to spring that forward? Yeah. So, you know, in, in my youth, like I said, I was in North Carolina from the age of eight to 18. I'm from Manhattan and I moved to North Carolina. And so I believe like in the South, a lot of things are like geared towards kids and, and youth. There's a lot of like youth programs, community centers, you know, nothing costs an arm and a leg like it does here in New York City. Um, so just really seeing like my counterparts and maybe like older kids excelling in sports and fitness, you know, mean a lot, you know, and then also um, being tutored by them and being coached by them. Like I said earlier, you know, I think your counterparts has a, has a huge influence on you, right? So when you're growing up and you're going to the park or you're going to certain like football games or whatever, like seeing people your age excelling for me was a lot. Um, and that's not as common in, in, in New York city, you know, you know, cause a lot of times I feel like in the South, when you do leave the house, you're actually going to an actual location. So if you have a parent, you know, who was kind of had you in sports that's what I was going to as a youth. But like in New York, you know, you can you just walk outside and you're just exposed to a lot of different things. Right. That can kind of like take you away from, you know, something positive. So uh, we that's why we really try to focus on when we teach students like in our school programs or our after school programs. You know, we really want to teach them 
so they can teach what we're teaching to their brother and their sister. Um, you know, I, I think that's 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 super important and, and, and not making it too difficult where they feel like they couldn't do it. Um, because that's how that's sustainability. Like Tarek and After Plus is not going to be everywhere in their life. Um, so they really need to understand the importance of these and, and, and be able to spread the message and spread the word and the things that they learn. So we that's always an intention, not saying that always comes out that way, but you know, strategically, whenever we come into a school or work with kids, we want to give them the education so they can also teach that to their to their counterparts. And so we do certain things within our programs um, of where they can understand it so they can teach it. If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And then it becomes a ripple effect of all of your efforts are hopefully, uh, you know, reaching even farther than just the the kids that you're having these face-to-face interactions with. And we also talk a lot about compassion on this show. So I like to ask my guests to share with us what your own definition of compassion is and how it relates to the work that you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm very sympathetic to others, you know, ever since I was younger. You know, I always said, you know, I just wanted to help people growing up. Um, you know, I, I, I love working with my patients at the Cancer Center. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm in a position of where I can work with the youth. Because, um, you know, time goes fast, right? And so I think if, if the world just focused more on the kids, I think it will be a better place. And, you know, in a place like New York City, where it's, you know, just money, 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 money. A lot of people here just find a way to make money off of kids and their rich parents. And so a lot of youth stuff here is just, it's unaffordable. It's unaffordable for like hardworking people. Like it's outrageous, you know, to be a, to go, you know, be a member of the wise, like $200, you know, summer camps or like a thousand dollars for like two weeks. I guess, I mean, you have three kids. I'm sure, you know, um, it's just yeah. very, <laughs> it's, I was going to say, I can only imagine because here in Philly, the prices are high, in my opinion, yeah. for like you said, even for families that technically could afford it, it's still right. like outrageous pricing. And yeah. New York, we know everything in New York is even more expensive, mm-hmm. you know, that that's just uh, it, it highlights how critical work like Active Plus is that you're you're able to offer these these youth um, you know, activities and experiences that they otherwise would not be able to to have access to. And I love your, I love your definition of compassion. And I, I'm the same way. I feel like since I was young, I've always just wanted to find a way to help people. So especially on this podcast, I love interviewing people where we're able to have that conversation and you're able to share why you were so called to do what it is that you do. And I think that that also ultimately, drives what you do, right? Like it keeps you doing what you do because, uh, you know, you're invested in helping these kids. So what would you say is your greatest hope for the work that Active Plus is doing? Like what is the greatest impact that you ultimately hope to make? Yeah. A world where every child is living their most active and healthy life. That's, that's, that's the vision of the organization. I love that. It sounds like it's, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to tackle that in so many different angles that there's no way you're not going to make that type of impact. It seems like you already are. Yeah. And, yeah. And doing things like this and inspiring others to do things within their community. You know, I'm, I'm not going to think that active plus is going to be all around the world. It's not about that, but it's also about inspiring the youngers, the younger ones to do things, you know, with their, with their siblings, you know, with their parents, 
you know, like through family flavors, bringing parents and their kids in to teach them, you know, other methods of like, you know, cooking good, but cooking healthy, uh, you know, doing calls like this, you know, spreading it out to their to your followers. Because uh, I think people want to be involved. They just don't know how. And plus, it's very difficult to get involved. And I think as a community organization, it is our responsibility to make our organization accessible to the general public. So if someone does want to get involved in the community, that we are, we, we're set up so they can do it. And so we purposely like have our website in a way of where people can, you know, apply to be a volunteer or to be able to reach us. You know, we run Google ads for volunteers. So we do a lot of things to engage the community and for them to be a part of the community. Yeah. Uh, I and think that's important. You're right that everybody wants to do something, but they don't always know how to do something. And I think that it's, it is important that you, you know, share your message broadly like this too, because there's people in other places, other cities that, you know, maybe they can't physically volunteer, but they'd love to financially support what you're doing and get behind your mission uh, because you're doing such great work. So how can we follow along with you and support the mission of Active Plus? How can people best reach you, donate, um, and get involved? Yeah. So we're most active on our social, on our LinkedIn and Instagram. So our Instagram is Active Plus NYC. That's A-C-T-I-V-E. P-L-U-S-N-Y-C, and that's the same for our LinkedIn. And you can visit our website at www.activeplus-nyc.org. And you know, through our website, you can follow our other social media. You can follow our email. You can see what we've done. We have our annual report on there to show like all of our 2021 programming, you know, where our money goes towards. Um we have a lot of resources on our website. So that's www.activeplus-nyc.org. Perfect. And I will be making sure to uh, put all these links in the show notes too, so that people can easily access you. And Tark, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This was such a great, such a great learning experience for me to hear all the different things that you guys are doing to help this, the communities uh, where you are in New York City. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for taking the time to share your work with us. Well, no, thank you so much, you know, for, for doing what you're doing, you know, having platforms like this to talk about your organization. We, we wouldn't be here without that, you know? So I, I thank you for doing what you're doing. This is, this is, this is great. So people are doing some good work out here. And it's nice to let your followers know how they can be involved or to inspire them to do things within their community. Absolutely. We just got to work together to spring forward these important missions. Thank you so much, Tark. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Good Podcast. Please like, comment, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Be The Good Podcast. And remember, we can all find our own way to be the good. Thank you.